Welcome to the OFX Podcast. I'm Dave Claxton, and along with me, as always, is our tough mutter in training, Bethany McChesney. Before we get into anything, Bethany, I just want, I, I don't know if you realize this, this is actually episode 50. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. 50. I would have pegged us at five. So that's a real, you know, we're, we're way ahead of the game. <laughs> well, time flies. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously we've averaged more than one a week because we're not at a, <laughs> quite to a year. And <laughs> so either we can't count or we've done too many. Okay. <laughs> How was your week? What kind of what kind of workouts do you guys? You're on your big recovery here. You've been you've been getting back in the game. So how are you feeling? What are you doing? Yeah, so we're slowly building back. My coach said um, after I took, get out, got out of the boot, she said you're going to be painfully annoyed with how slow we're going to bring back the running part. So she said just prepare for it, and it has been that way. But um, there's been zero pain in my Achilles. Everything we've been doing, it's been fine. Um, I have been back in the gym doing a lot of very specific high rock stuff. Um, I have been building back, pushing heavier and heavier sleds and the body's holding up fine. Um, my left leg still feels a bit behind my right leg after being in the boot. Um, and there's still a lot of ankle tightness, which I'm having, um, a lot of work done on as we go, but everything is holding up. Um, I still feel um a little bit out of shape but I'm really enjoying the process of coming back and there's no pain in the injury site so that's really exciting did 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 your coach know you did an, a one mile thing for for OCR stars no so that <laughs> so that was a um I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna explain after when there's no pain <laughs> beg forgiveness rather than ask permission excellent strategy <laughs> yeah and it all turned out okay so yeah that was fine but no my plan was to just take that as easy as I felt like my body could handle so <laughs> we might as well touch on touch on it quickly so yeah you guys did um you guys did event two for OCR stars how'd that go for you guys yeah so that one for us um so we're the only all-female team Winning. So, so we're winning. <laughs> so based on that, um, because there was some interesting strategy involved in this one, if you were really competing for something, just based on how the points were laid out. So essentially, our, our one girl who for sure could deadlift the heaviest was given the deadlift. And then we had the pull-ups. I'm the only one that could actually do the pull-ups with weight. So at first that was given to me. But then when it came down to the dead hang, I, if if we could have chosen the person to dead hang the longest and get the most amount of points, it would have been me as well. Um, but again, because we're not competing against another team for points, it didn't really matter. So we just kind of dispersed things based on who made the most sense where, who could kind of utilize their strengths. Um, but again, because of the points, if we were competing against someone else, I would have done the death hang just because each second was a point versus every pull-up was a point. So it would be, I did 24 pull-ups, so I could have easily sacrificed that amount of points to get more seconds on the pull-ups. Um, so, but because again, we're the only female team, we just kind of did what our strengths were and we all, so we could all equally contribute. 
Um, but yeah, my teammates really surprised me and we did, um, we had a really good score on that as far as I'm concerned based on our predictions for ourselves. So it was good. It was, it was interesting. We don't do max stuff like this very often. Um, so it was unique for us that way. Yeah. I don't, I don't delve in a lot of max stuff either. Like, um, it, it's not something I, I mean, the, the other week I did that hundred pound pull up just cause we were talking about it somewhere with someone and I'm like, Oh, I gotta try. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, that was probably the closest to doing any kind of max anything I've done in a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to say it's my max because I think I could have done a little more. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. A little bit. <laughs> Maybe 101. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this weekend, I as well went off the rails and because we, we were with a lot of friends that had, we, we all had kind of WTM FOMO a lot of initials there but anyway so we just um we put together on a, our friend's five acre piece of property we built a 1k obstacle course it was like 20 obstacles and we just did a bunch of laps as many laps as we could or felt like and as many obstacles as we could and I didn't do a ton of laps I only did like 35k but I did 500 obstacles so wow yeah so I mean it was pretty good um I, we, we had an absolute blast it was cold, it was wet, rained, it snowed, um, but it was great fun. It was really good to do and definitely was a, oh, what the, it was a solid replacement. It, it, you know, it, it gave us something to look forward to because we couldn't get down there or we couldn't commit. Scratch the, the itch. Yeah, we couldn't commit at the time to going down, down south. Yeah. So, but we are very much planning to hit the next one in Pensacola. So that will be very mm. good. And as well, I've been starting to specify a lot of high rocks training as well and more sled pulling and wall balls and getting all that in. That sled still makes me nervous. Until I pulled that sled and pushed that sled, I just don't know. So we'll see how that yeah. works out. Mm -hmm. um, so speaking of world's toughest mutter, we'll have a mm -hmm. dramatic reading of the podiums by Bethany McChesney. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna start with the women. So um, this is a really unique world's toughest because we have two world's toughest um, rookies taking our podium. So first we have Katie Knight who hit 90 miles in her first world's toughest, super impressive. And then Amelia Boone, um, the not so rookie, our veteran who was 85 miles and then Aaron Ross at 85 miles as well. I love that, 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 that the not so rookie. <laughs> right, right. I'm sure she would really appreciate being not so rookie yeah and then we have on the men's side we have Mark Batchers hitting a record 115 miles uh again in his world first um world's toughest and then Trevor Sykos at 110 miles and then David Fox at 105 miles so really impressive on the men's side here if you hit 100 miles you did not podium I think that's the first and David Fox, openly admit, I have no idea. I've never heard of David Fox before. I definitely know who he is now. And congratulations, man. That's an amazing accomplishment. That's fantastic. And those, to be on the podium with those two guys, those two guys are legit. And what a year for Batris. Like, I don't even think Batris realized he could run an ultra this year until, like, um, until Obstacle Racing Media's ultra virus. Yeah. And then he cleaned up, like, I mean, he was always, you know, fast, maybe a marathon guy but yeah well and he has his he has his um 
varsity track background so which is a lot shorter and faster than ultras so yeah it was definitely a step into a new world for him so this is exciting to see and i think that he ran this in the biggest hat anyone has ever run <laughs> world stuff it was a monstrous hat and i don't know well, how it they... didn't look very wind uh no. resistant because it stood straight up <laughs> The aerodynamics alone must have really pushed back on him. It must have been extra difficult. It would have been like wearing a weight vest running with that hat on. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations to all of them. Really impressive. Um, seriously, you know what? So here's the thing. Right now, I'm caught up in all in the hype of it, right? And I'm like, so I'm going to go next year regardless. We're going to go maybe pit, whatever. But now I'm like, do I want to run a relay race with it? Do I want to run it? Do I? And I'm like... Part of me is like, yeah, 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 I want to do it. I want to do it. And then another part of me is like, you don't really like doing these things. You don't like the mud. You don't like electric shocks. Why do you want to do this again? So I'm, uh, I'm on the fence here. I got to decide. Mm. I mean, I don't get But this is the mind of the OCR racer. <laughs> yeah, it's like I want to do And you're going to sign up for it. <laughs> I will say this. If I do do it, it is just purely funsy. You know, it's, I'm not, I'm not out to compete. I don't have a... I wouldn't have a goal. I would just be going to have a good time. And, and so that would be a little bit different. But that said, we're all in the world's toughest mudder. We don't usually do a lot of tough mudder stuff, but we have a very special guest coming right off her incredible 90 mile win. None other than Katie Knight. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Kate's lips are chapped from the event. Hunter would like to say hi, and then he's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kicking him out. Is that your how picture? How are you guys tonight? Good. Good, can you hear okay? Yeah, I can. Can you see and hear me? Oh, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Perfect. Just get rid of the pit crew guy. He's of no use. <laughs> he's no longer needed, I know. <laughs> Awesome. You know what? We're literally, so we can hear you okay, we're going to jump right in and just start right off the yeah, bat. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, welcome, world's toughest mutter champion. Just yeah. that in. Katie Knight, congratulations. Well, thank you. So, Katie, we first heard your name back OCR Stars last year, and I believe you were fourth or fifth there. So that's where you kind of came onto the radar for us and didn't know a lot about you. Um, so tell us then how you ended up into the ultra racing world, because we had kind of thought you were more of came in, coming from the CrossFit, um, world. So how did you end up in the 24 hour racing scene? Oh, oh, hold, on, yeah, hold, on, so, hold on, Katie, one okay. sec here. I, I want to yeah. point something out. Actually, the first time Bethany came across you there was because Bethany was in third <laughs> at OCR stars and she was like, oh my God, who is this girl trying to catch me here? <laughs> so that's why she knows who you are oh okay <laughs> what what event was it ocr stars i was third yeah you were third okay that's right um that's because i surged at burpee mountain that's what it was <laughs> that was a fun workout that was more like that's where my cross back uh crossfit background really came in handy uh but back to your question so i um yeah, my background's been more in the gym and um, CrossFit comps um, and that industry more so. Um, but during that time, I was also running ultras. So I've been in about three or four 50 milers. Um, so that was kind of like off the radar, though. They were, you know, your adventure races. Um, I ran Bryce Canyon. I ran um, 
uh, let's see, Grand Canyon. And then I also did uh, like Matt B. Davis's virtual virus one as well. Um, and so I've always loved kind of like the long distance scene. Um, and then I got to do Tahoe um, and I did the ultra there for Spartan. And then after that, um, that qualified me for Worlds in Telluride. And then, then I went to uh, out to the desert. So kind of in sequence and how that kind of got me going. Um, last year around this time, I was like, I want to do a 24 hour race. And um, that was my goal was to do Telluride um, and podium. So it's always kind of been the goal over the past year um, and just kind of make it, made it come true. So it's kind of interesting. You're probably one of the few people who has managed to do, and I know like Atkins has done this too, it was done both in the same year, kind of back to back where you did the, the Spartan 24 hour and the Tough Money 24 hour. It gives you a really different comparison because the events, although they're both 24 hour night OCRs, they couldn't be any different. Like, right. Well, I, know, so. I was just like, oh, they have to be similar because they're both 24 hours. They're, you know, obstacles, they're running. But yeah, a lot different now that I know. <laughs> How did you, how did you find this? So actually let's go back a bit. Let's start with, with Telluride. Cause I mean, we obviously yeah. haven't spoke with you about that. And the first thing mm -hmm. that jumps out in everybody's mind is, is three burpees in 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That happens. Those are the slowest burpees of all time. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was unfortunate. Um, in my mind, I did 32 burpees to make sure I did not get any kind of time penalty. And uh, lo and behold, it was 28, and then I didn't stand all the way up on one, I guess. Um, I definitely should have had a counter because at that point, your mind's kind of like, okay, like counting and there's people counting and they're calling out bibs and whatever. Um, and so, yeah, that, that kind of struck pretty hard. Um, I had to go back out on course around like 10 p.m. knowing that was the case. Um, they're like, well, you can try to fight it, come back in, um, go to the burpee pit and talk to them. And so I was like, I'll do anything. I'll do 100 burpees right here and now. I'll do like anything you want me to just please take away that 90 minutes. Cause what that ha what that caused is it kind of took me out of the running of chasing Rhea. And then, um, uh, Chikorita was in third and that just gave her such a, a you know, far leeway into getting second. So it kind of like put us in first, second and third at, you know, around midnight. Um, so it took away some competition, which was kind of a bummer, but I get, you know, you got to do all the burpees. Um, end of the day, it's my fault. <laughs> you can't get together when they do. <laughs> like, honestly, I would I would have lost my mind. I would have been, I would have been furious. I mean, that, that's probably to me the most impressive thing from that event is that you managed to pull it together and continue on and do a great race afterwards. Because like I said, I'd have lost my shit. I'd have been freaking out. <laughs> Yeah, I thought about it and I was like, uh, I went back on course and I was like, well, I'm already this far. Like, what, what am I going to do? Like, I have, I have third and let's just keep in third the rest of the race. And I mean, I was second on course the entire time. So that was kind of a bummer, like finishing second, but knowing you got third and Chikorita was really awesome about it. She was like, yeah, come stand on second with me. Like you deserve it. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> you, that's yours <laughs> next time. <laughs> So, but thank you. I appreciate that. And then, and again, like, and I've talked about this before, um, the other time where I saw where I thought, I thought you got a bad, bad break, and this is all kind of leading forward, is again at High Rocks where, <laughs> yeah. and I've looked this up afterwards because I, I, I was calling that event and you, you fell on the yeah. lunges, so the sandbag touched the ground 
and they DQ'd you for this. Mm-hmm. Now, if we go back into the rules, it says it should have been a 10 meter penalty. Yeah. Well, and I, I sat and I debated with her for about five minutes or more. And she like just wouldn't a- acknowledge anything else. And so I'm like, you know, I've already wasted five minutes. I don't know what to do. I don't know where, you know, the, the lead judges are. And so I just like walked off course because it was just like, all right, like, I don't like to be one of those athletes and you see them sometimes in CrossFit, you know, everywhere in competitions where they start yelling at judges, they start, you know, flipping out. And I'm just like, I'm not going to be that person. So, um, yeah, that was a bummer. Um, we'll come back in Chicago for high rocks in January and, and see what we can do. So we'll get some redemption. We're we're definitely going to talk about that later. The point about bringing up all these horrible things (laughs) going into Going into this uh, world's toughest mutter in, in my mind, and I actually I picked you to win. I did totally. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> and, and I don't know if you double checked it, but I actually did. Um, I think that was the only good pick I did. Everyone else was crap. I screwed everything else up. But um, going into it, I'm like, she finally she's she's due a break. Like she's due to not get screwed over one of these events. So. After seeing Telly Wright and knowing that you had the ability to do this and to go into it, that that's why I felt very confident you'd do well. Um, yeah. So going into a different prep to prep for this because it is different. You had to, did you have to gear up? Did you have everything ready? How did gear up for? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I took. Um, I've done two fifty mile ultras like back to back within the same month, so I know it's doable um, to like make it happen. I took like a week of recovery and then a couple weeks of just like training again. And then like a deload week and kind of geared up and collected all my gear and everything again, everything I learned from Telluride and then put that into world's toughest. So I was a lot more prepared, which was really nice. Um, my pit was better, everything like set up, um, gear wise, I got a lot of advice, but kind of just did my own thing as well. Um, which sometimes is just like winging it. Um, and so uh, got a wetsuit and everything like that. Um, so yeah, prepared for that. And then my goal was also for this race, not to get any kind of like DQ or anything to happen. I was like, and at the end I was like, hey, I didn't get in trouble for anything. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. <laughs> I literally said that like after the finish line, I was like, wow, <laughs> how nice. <laughs> Did you run right over to the judges thing and like, am I okay? Am I good? <laughs> I have. Well, and I didn't know. I actually, Mark and I both didn't know those, um, the bands you get after mile 25. So I only missed one. He missed like a ton, which like someone told me on course, they're like, oh yeah, you can use those and you can, you know, bypass an obstacle. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll get it next time. <laughs> yeah. And those, I mean, I heard that, uh, what was it? That de- not devil's beard or was it? Oh yeah. Fear the beard. Fear the beard, yeah, I was like, it was taking people like four minutes to get through that obstacle and just the actual drainage of energy when you could have skipped that. I, I heard, I think it was Batris I heard had six bands he didn't collect. Yeah. Six, six obstacles, you know, like 20, 30 minutes he could have cut off his time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like he could have ran, you know, who knows, 130 miles. He's crazy. But yeah, Fear the Beard was really hard if you were solo. So I did a couple times solo because if no one was around or you didn't have time to wait for somebody, but if you had a group, you could all just like push forward and up and through. But if it was just you, it was pretty brutal. That was, that was interesting getting to know all those obstacles because I've never done uh, Tough Mudder before. So 
um, when they started opening up all the obstacles at certain times of the day and the night, I was like, oh, this is fun. Or like, ooh, I don't like this one. <laughs> but um, it was kind of exciting. And Beth, you what you were going to say about the training? Um, well, I'm actually, I'm really curious about your, the nutrition part of it. So this is always really interests me about the really long stuff. So, and I have this picture of you chugging pickle juice straight out of the jar too. So I'm, I love like pickle juice is such, I talk to my clients about it too, all the time, like with instant cramping, um, relief. So I'm just, I'm curious your, your nutritional plan here with going into the 24 hour races. Right. Um, like I said, this one was a lot better than Telluride. I still don't do as well as I should. I try really hard, but um, I like to stick to as much fluid as possible. Um, and I use a really good electrolyte um, hydration mix and um, called Hydro Builder. And then I stick to pickle juice every lap. I'll take some. And then Telluride, I had the pickle juice shots and I would take those on one of the climbs every single, every single lap. Um, Mentally, it helps. Physically, it helps. Um, and then I stick to a lot of like the caffeinated gels. I like those a lot. And then as we get going, I, I'll eat more solid food. Um, I like Encrustables. I like Snickers. Um, I stick to more like sugary foods. Um, I like I was right next to Mark's pit and he's eating like he's coming in, in and he's eating like chicken and rice and like all these things. I'm like, oh, that's crazy to me. So I'm still on like the... Um, strategy of like getting better at eating like really solid food like I'll have oatmeal and things like that but a lot of it's like more snacky um and I definitely don't hit my calories per hour but I try really hard because it is important because you do kind of start to get like you know woozy or depleted after just continuing for so long um but yeah nutrition is just like it makes or breaks everything um because it can just ruin a race your gut can go um you know haywire halfway through um, and usually it does to everybody at some point. Um, it's just kind of how you battle through things and just keep hydrated is my goal. Because I've had too many experiences. Um, I did the backbone, which is 67 miles out in California. And I went for the FKT on it and I got dehydrated. So it's like a fear of mine now. Because um, once you, you're dehydrated, it's like game over. Um, and it's really, it's dangerous and it's like, it sucks. So um, that's always my goal. And pickle juice, yes, yeah. always. Mm -hmm. So you said you had never done a Tough Mudder at all before? Nope. <laughs> the Tough Mudder, I mean, obviously I don't have to explain to you, but it's a very unique, unique attack because it's not solo. I mean, you went from the Spartan race where it's, you know, you're on your own, you're doing your own thing to the Tough Mudder where the obstacles are bizarre and weird and some are team orientated. And if you fail them, you have to bounce around on a ball or drink a shot of hot sauce. It's a little bit different than the most. It's, how did you feel? Like, how did you feel about the obstacles? How did, did you like them? Did you enjoy them? Did, was it a team thing? Did you embrace it? Yeah, like the, the WTM community is so cool. Like the whole everything from like the pit to like helping each other out there is really, really cool. It's a unique experience for sure. Um, it, was, it was a little weird to get used to. Um, it was like, oh, we can help each other up this wall or like, you know, and a lot like the, probably the first half I was like, no, I'm just going to do everything myself. And then by the end, it's like, okay, help me, <laughs> pull me up, <laughs> pull me through. Um, but that, it was really cool. And the obstacles, I would say they're like one-to-one -one with Spartan. They're both, um, I mean, some are grippy, some are more technical, um, take some skill, some are like, but like the, 
I would take the penalties for this over the burpees any day <laughs> and like drawing on the etch a sketch and doing things like that kind of just like it keeps you going and motivated um but yeah I really really enjoyed it I, I thought it was a really cool experience I don't know about the drawing and the extra sketch penalty I'm still a little <laughs> what did you have to draw yeah. <laughs> it was interesting it was like I feel like I did enough of those as a kid that it wasn't too bad but it was like huh and then the one thing that was really different were um, the electric uh, obstacles. Oh, yes. The electric avenue was pretty crazy. So I took that quite a few times because it, it ended up being faster than like I, I watched people go through the other ones and it was actually faster to do electric avenue. So I kept doing that. But um, man, some of the shocks uh, on some of them really do hurt. I was like, oh, it won't hurt. It's just like they can't, you know, it won't be that bad. But you know, at 2 a.m. when it shocks your hamstring, it's like, ooh, all right, <laughs> this is different. <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> I think my first experience with Electric Avenue was, uh, or Electric Eel was on my first ever Tough Mudder. And so we're crawling through and I took one right between the eyes and oh, like no. nearly blacked me out for a second. I was just like, <laughs> I'm sure that was my fear because they're hanging down. I was like, I was like, oh, please don't hit me in the face. <laughs> like dodge. I saw at one point the wind was really high and it looked like it was helping you guys get through EST because it was blowing all the wires out of the way and you could just stay low and go across the one side. Except for it would blow and then like you wouldn't know when the wind would stop and then they would all come back over and you would just like have to like like duck to the ground or like fall in the water because they would just like drop and hit you and those ones hurt really bad. So it was like don't touch those. Um, but yeah the the WTM obstacles are just like kind of like doomsday feeling, which is kind of fun. I don't know. Um, it's a cool thing. <laughs> it's like Scottish cuisine. It's all based on a dare. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for the actual race, it, it, like it, Tough Hunter, this is another thing where it almost has that kind of fun, weird game aspect to it. But at the same time, you're competing for a lot of money. Right. And right. How, how did that, how did that resonate for you? Did a time like you're sitting there doing your etch sketch going, I'm, I'm etch sketching for 10 grand. This is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> right. Were you yeah. able to keep that competitive fire and, and focus? Yeah, it was um, because like the top, the top uh, probably like three or four male and female, like it was definitely competitive. Like everybody was on each other's heels the whole time. You had to keep going. So even if it was fun, um, it was just more like pushing forward as fast as you can. So if you had to do the etch a sketch, it was like, okay, do this as quick as possible and keep moving. Um, but yeah, it was, it was the very competitive field. Um, and it's always fun when like, you know, third place won't stop. So second place can't stop. So first place, first place can't stop. And that's kind of how it was on both sides, um, which was really fun. So it pushed everyone to do as much as they could. And I mean, it wasn't like it was a weak field in there either. You were there with some some legends with, oh, yeah. with, with Aaron and Amelia. Like, those are top notch. I mean, yes, Ray was missing. Great. But right, right. it was definitely not an easy field. What what obstacle did you enjoy the most? Like, for me, uh, Funky Monkey the Revolution is still my favorite obstacle in OCR yeah. everywhere. I'm not, I'm not a huge Tough Mudder guy, but that yeah. obstacle, I just love the flow of it. And for it, you experience a lot of different ones. What which ones do you really like from this one? I would say Funky Monkey is fun. It, it does flow really well. And if you just kind of get into like the vibe of it, it's really cool. Um, I like Block Block Nest Monster. That one's really cool as you just like keep flipping over them. Um, 
let me think of them because I'm still very new to what they were called. So when people were asking me, I was like, I don't know, the spinny one, the one you hang on. Um, what else did I do? I liked all the walls and stuff, kind of, you know, they're all just like muscle up based, jumping up and over. Um, those are always fun. Uh, didn't like Fear the Beard. That wasn't my favorite. I was like, they, it took a lot of effort. And at the top, you were like pretty exhausted every time. Um, the one, what's the one where you have to go under the cage in the water? Cage crawl. Oh, yeah. Okay. That one was really fun because it was really hot and really windy during the day. And then at night, like, I'd have to sit down and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, like, you kind of got in the rhythm with that and just, like, crawled as fast as possible. So that was kind of fun. I mean, I, I liked them all, really. There was, besides Fear the Beard, um, that's about the only one. And I liked uh, uh, Everest. That was cool. Oh, you yeah. ran up. Like, those people, those volunteers are just incredible. Like, every time I went through, I was like, thank you so much. Because, like, without them, like, nobody would be able to get up that by, you know, whatever time. And and those guys, those guys aren't volunteers. Like, they paid to be there. Oh, they, okay. They're oh, actually, really? they're actually, like, they've entered the race. And that's what they choose to do is to stay there all day helping people up, wow. there, up the wall. They, they do it on, what are they called? Everest Angels. And then yep. as well on, um, on Mutterhorn. Yeah, Mutterhorn. Yeah. And those guys, like, that, like, it's even more crazy because you're, like, stepping on their legs and their shoulders and their everything. And I was like, you guys are going to be so sore tomorrow. And, like, the Everest guys, I was like, you guys are going to be jacked. You've been pulling people up all <laughs> night long. Like, you're going to be, your lats are going to be so sore. Everything. <laughs> it's I mean, impressive. They just do it out of their own, out of their own nature. That has become their thing where they're like, yep, this is what we do. We go out, we do, like, one lap and get set and pull everybody up crazy wow. i think that's just to that strange and bizarre community <laughs> yeah and like even like the fact they're out there and it was hot too like it was hot and windy and so i just like it's so i might have to find all their names and write them a thank you card or something because it's, it's crazy to me that they would do that but yeah it's a fun community <laughs> i guarantee they're all but you want to thank them and they're all like hey i helped katie knight up this time when she killed as she won <laughs> I pulled her up, you know, 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you, were you confident going in? Did you think you had a shot at the win? Um, I did. So the goal was to podium. And then um, a lot of like <clears throat> my friends and coaches were like, like, you are going to win. And that's a little hard for me to be like, yes, I'm going to, because I'm not like, I don't like to be like cocky. I know that can just be confident, but like um, anything can happen, but I really did want one. Uh, so that was the goal was to stay in the lead and keep the lead um, throughout the whole course. We were watching through the, you know, the updates and as much on the streams yeah. as possible. You did seem to, you, you ran a very smart race by the look of it. Um, so I guess the, the big question becomes what's next with your direction? Because you said, you know, you want to do higher Chicago and I imagine, you know, Pensacola, maybe, you know, defend the thing again. And I think this goes back to what Bethany was talking about with the training. Yeah. These very different directions. They are. You yeah. Know, how, how do you, how do you train for both of those things? Or do you just try to periodize and hit the high rocks then, and then go straight to ultra mode? Yeah. I would say, uh, that option more so my training really doesn't train or change a whole ton even for ultras um for me if i keep a certain mileage on my feet 
and then a ton on mountain biking or biking. Um, that really sets me up for ultras or anything. And then to get more like sports specific. So for high rocks, we'll do a lot more, you know, movements that are in the event um, or spend a little bit more time in the gym. But really, I kind of keep the same training um, throughout the year, unless it's more specific for whatever the event's coming up. But I'll probably take time to really dedicate to high rocks. Um, then to January, and then after that, really hit more so the ultra mode. Um, so a little bit less time in the gym, which is not my favorite, but I know it's necessary. And so I'll keep more time on my feet and on the bike, um, and then kind of hit the ultra season coming up, some Spartans, and then um, WTM next year as well. So then I have a question too then about your training leading yeah. into ultra stuff. So then what would be your long sessions whether mm -hmm. on the bike or the run leading into a 24 hour race. Right. So I'll do uh, my long runs or bikes are on Saturdays and then I'll have like one or two during the week. Um, usually my long bikes are like three hours um, with a lot, a lot of climbing um, like two to 3000 feet if I can, um, depending on where I am. And then for running like two hours um, at least for my long runs. Um, I found that biking and climbing on the bike helps me keep the pressure and the injuries off my feet. Mm -hmm. um, so I found that like just biking helps leg drive, you know, endurance, everything while still staying healthy. Um, and it works for me. So that's probably what I'll stick to because it seems to be working. So yeah. <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah. So, so how many miles do you take on feet? Do you do on feet a week or do you do just like time wise or do you just focus on a, a distance? Yeah, it's more time, um, time-based. And then I'm going to focus a lot more on heart rate um, because I tend to only have a couple different um, modes when it comes to running. And so we're going to kind of try to improve those and be able to go into different gears. And so really focusing on my heart rate, finding a max heart rate, and then really using that to training over the next, you know, six months, year. So that's the plan. Um, but it has, it has definitely worked very well. Like my splits for WTM, like, um, and we're anywhere from like under an hour. And then my slowest, I think was like 137. Um, and so that steady state worked pretty well. Um, and that's what I've been training for quite a while now. Actually, 137 for a WTM lap is, is, is not a bad slow lap even like. Yeah, well that, I mean, I, I had a pit crew that was pushing me. So it was like, you have to keep under 130 the whole race was what I was told over and over and over again. So um, it didn't it didn't creep up past that by much, but um, maybe my last lap, because that was, that was a rough lap. But um, yeah, that was the goal. And so I think if you can keep that, you can really, you know, do pretty well at WTM. Did you have a lot of, did you have to do a lot of penalties? Because I mean... The last time I did it was, well, the only time I did it was 2017. Mm -hmm. And penalties were very different back then. It was like really? the penalty for Funky Monkey was almost a mile extra of running and you had to do um, with Arctic Enema. So a lot, of, a lot of just distance penalties. So I think then it might have been a, lot, a little more costly if you didn't have the obstacle efficiency. But did you do a lot of penalties this time? Like I'm, I would think um, stuff like the gauntlet seems to get a lot of people and, yep. and Funky Monkey, did you? have any issues with that so I kind of like I went through a couple times and did all of them without 
any penalties. And then I kind of tried to figure out which would be faster. And so for the gauntlet, the last section where you went across like um, the doorknobs and the leg, that took a lot of effort and more time than doing 25 jumping jacks. And so by the, by the end, so it was 25 per whatever you went to on the gauntlet. So if you could do 75, if you couldn't do anything or 50 or 25. And so I was like, I'm just going to like not do that because that's a lot of, you know, time tension. So I'm going to go do 25 jumping jacks really quick. So it's kind of a strategy too, of what you can do on your skills. Um, and then there, there is the mile uh, penalty loop for the, uh, at first you jump on the raft, you go across. Oh yeah. What's that? I don't I know. I, I don't even remember the name of that one, but I know what you're talking about. But so if you couldn't do that and then you had to hang upside down and traverse your way across. So if you dropped and that got a lot of people, you had to do the mile. Um, and in Spartan, you get a pull, you can pull yourself across, but this one you had to hang upside down. So, um, yeah, I didn't have to do a ton. And then the ones I did, um, were like, um, what I personally chose, I guess, um, because it was quicker. So like Electric Avenue wasn't a penalty, but like you bypass Arctic Enema and, uh, I think, uh, the swing, the swinger or whatever. Um, so it's whatever you could do faster. I'm never sure how I feel about that, you know, like, yeah. Well, and, the, and like, so it's all like, and I've, I've talked to like, you know, Ray and people like have done this before. And it was like, yeah, you really have to choose what you're going to be the best at. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I, I, choose your own adventure almost. And that would go with the, the whole vibe of it. So. Oh, I get it as smart strategy. I'm okay with the yeah. strategy of doing it once it's in place. <laughs> I'm talking from the level of Tough Mudder setting it up that way. That's where I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. know if I like that or not. That's. I know. it. it I, I get what you're saying. It would be nice to like make everybody have to do the same thing, right? Yeah. But huh. to each their own. <laughs> it's tough mutter and they're gonna yeah. continue to do crazy stuff. And it's <laughs> but it's an amazing right. event. I don't know why. It's just got that lure that uh, that oh it's so cool. I can't believe I've never done one before. I've always seen them. I'm like, oh, I should go do that. That looks fun, but <laughs> oh, I get to nope. drag we're gonna drag Bethany there and make her do it, and I'll be your oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she definitely has to do one. She'd do awesome, too. Someday. Someday? Okay, deal. I'll be there. See, that she meant this year. That's what she really meant. This yeah. year? <laughs> time. Lots of time. It's almost 365 days. You're good to go. Okay. <laughs> so with High Rocks being coming, I guess that's your next big race is High Rock Chicago, you mentioned, for the U.S. Championships. And we are obviously... Yep big friends of the hybrid racing and high rocks and all that uh we mm -hmm. both intend to be there for that race what's your, what's your goal going into there do you think that the podium's within your reach do you can you can you knock lauren and rachel off uh well i'm gonna say my goal is to podium so <laughs> from there we'll see what happens but we're gonna take a lot of dedicated time and focus and really do give it my best shot the last one dallas was something i came went into very overtrained um and just not focused um i was doing a lot of other things and not my training wasn't focused on that so i've realized that when i actually do focus and like work towards a goal it turns out decently well so um we'll spend some time and see what we can do what kind of time do you think that's going to take uh, sorry like i mean uh, performance wise time do you yeah. think it's at the event to hit a podium? Um, I mean, we're going to take a week of recovery and then we're going to 
slowly ease our way back into fitness and then hit the ground running. So we have until the event to just give it all, give it all I got. So. Oh, I meant like, do you think it's going to take like a minute five or an hour five? Oh, oh. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I want to give away my, my, uh, <laughs> my goal. You say sub, to find out. Sub I'll, I'll tell you more. <laughs> so sub 60 for sure. Guaranteed, right? Oh, for sure. Something like a, <laughs> like, like a 57, 28 or whatever it is. Something in that. Oh, yeah. Who is that guy that has that? Record? I, don't know. Him? I don't know. I hear he's a decent pit crew. <laughs> yeah my pit crew was actually super fun um i only had to wake them up once and like <laughs> yeah fun, fun little community where it was like mark's uh pit crew and then um some uh, like someone we, we kind of knew but it was two moms that kind of like two moms and then hunter and one of our other friends they just kind of like all just like teamed up and they were just like the best thing ever like they'd come over and rub my legs and like just like stretch my feet they were amazing um it makes a big difference um to have a really good pit crew who's like motivated i think that's what i heard <laughs> you need yeah. some moms on your pit crew <laughs> oh 100 like i'll never go without one because they were they were like amazing they got they're like what do you need hot chocolate oatmeal like we'll get you anything um, <laughs> they don't fall asleep so <laughs> right <laughs> yeah the boys were sleeping in the tent and i was like boys get up and they're like we set our watches, I, we promised, but your lap was just fast. And I was like, oh, get out. It's not an excuse. Yeah, yeah. You know your pit crew cares about you when they will actually jam food in your place while rubbing lube, lube assortedly in different spots of your body. So you just, and then saying, go, go. Yep, exactly. You have people who are motivating, but also push you. So they're kind of mean, which is not always fun. <laughs> No, it can really test, it can really test a relationship sometimes <laughs> having the, the pit crew and the athlete. There's often a lot of apologies after a 24 hour race. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I apologize. Cause there was like, sometimes we're like, I was probably sassy and I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just tired, <laughs> but it's all good. <laughs> so like you said, back for Pensacola. You're, you, is that the plan? You will be at Pensacola. Can, can we say yep. for sure you're going to be there to defend the title? I am. I think that's um, definitely what I want to do. I don't think there's going to be sand. So I think that makes me feel a lot better. Um, I would have taken the Telluride course again over this one, just because like, I like to climb and you get a, you know, in Telluride, you, you know, you climb 2000 feet each lap, but it was like, power hiking like how far and how fast and how long can you climb essentially um where this one was just like flat sand running for 24 hours like it was pretty brutal and I know it like it hurt a lot of athletes where it's just like your calves get tired like my Achilles on my right side kind of shut down um it was just a lot on your feet so um not a lot of like hiking or walking time which you know is more stress so um, I understand why Mark the next day was, it was having the trouble like walking as we all were, but, which he's just crazy. I can't believe he did 115 miles. <laughs> That's amazing. Have you guys talked to him yet? Not yet. Not yet. But I, yeah, definitely intended. Yeah. That 115, like that's a record, obviously. Right. Unbelievable. Um, I think, I think Atkins could have hit 115 the year he got 110, but chose not to because he was just that cooked. And the right. fact that Batras pulled that off and, and I don't think needed to, to secure the win. I think he, yeah. he didn't have yeah. to, but still, wow. I, that Although guy's Trevor, 
Trevor was catching up. Like he was very impressive as well Is that he just like, he kept going and caught up um, near the end, which was really impressive. Um, they wanted me to go out and get the record for 95 miles, but I was like, you had to start the last lap by noon. I think I finished a little afternoon, so there wasn't a chance. But I was like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Did you secretly, like, slow yourself down coming into the end to make sure you weren't back before across noon so they couldn't send you back out? <laughs> Someone told me at, like, Everest, they're like, if you finish in four minutes, you can go out again. And I thought about it, and I was like, huh, well, that's not going to happen. So I'm going <laughs> to, I probably, like, subconsciously was like, go slow. <laughs> made me I know it <laughs> it's been talked about before you think 100 miles for a woman is in the near future I think so I think someone could do it just having the right race the you know the certain course that you know they like or are good at um I think they could get 100 it'd be cool I want one of those jackets <laughs> that that'd be super fun <laughs> the most sought after hideous jacket in the world I know right <laughs> but it's cool <laughs> so what do you think going forward next year you can take from this one that you can improve that that'll give you that extra step that'll bring you up another more and maybe put you in line for something like 100 miles depending on how the course is laid out yeah um i think i'll probably just up my nutrition game and get more used to eating solid food just because there were some times on course where i felt a little bit weary um and depleted so I think that would be a game changer to keep going or going faster harder um that for sure and then other than that just like staying injury free um and just like training a little bit more um time on my feet I think um because 24 hours is a lot um and if it's a flat course it's going to be more strenuous on your body so um probably just more time on my feet and I think Pensacola is pretty flat so <laughs> yeah. probably I don't think there'll be a lot of elevation and I think it'll be a very quick course uh -huh. due to that due to the lack of elevation and due to the fact that it will be fairly warm through the night you might see right. a lot of people doing it without the wetsuits without as many right. gear changes and that's why I think maybe next year you might see a hundred mile woman right right that is very true yeah the heat and humidity might hinder some people but being warm and not having wetsuits makes a big difference like this year it was very like mild throughout the night like I never put a wetsuit on um and it was chilly at times but like manageable um which kept you you know a little bit faster oh and I also next year will change shoes and socks that will be that will happen because I didn't once because I didn't want to take the time to take my shoes off so I ran the whole time in the same pair of shoes and socks <laughs> I could do it. Uh, we'll, we'll fix that. I could do it in the same shoes, but not the socks. I got to change the socks. Yeah, they were like just filled with sand, like sand and rock. Like I had a Hunter had to pull some rocks out of my feet because they were like in inside my soles. So <laughs> we'll we'll make sure we do that. And Mark, I asked Mark, and he was like, "Yeah, I changed like four times." I was like, "Oh, okay." Heart. <laughs> So if there's any sock sponsors looking for someone, this is who you need. Oh, that's true. Hit me up. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's all I have for Katie. Beth, how about you? Yeah, thanks so much, Katie, for joining us. And big congrats on your big win this past weekend. And we look forward to seeing you in Chicago. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.
Um, have a really good night and yeah, we'll see you in January. Yeah.